Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Thought Bubble podcast. My name is Laura Swanson, and I have both my bachelor's and master's of social work. I currently practice in outpatient mental health as a psychotherapist in New York City. Today, I'm going to talk about a client I worked with early in my graduate level internship or field practice in outpatient mental health. It was actually at the same organization that I'm continuing to work for post graduation. The moral of the story basically about today is going to be talking about termination, right? And with this particular case, it's a case where termination did not go as I anticipated. And it was definitely a learning experience for myself and finding my voice as a therapist and advocate and social worker um, to ensure that, you know, people are receiving the care that they need. So for the purpose of today's podcast, obviously I'll be changing some details of this case just to ensure confidentiality remains um, for this individual. Um, I also want to have a little disclaimer beforehand. I guess it's a disclaimer. I do have my window open and fan going, so I do apologize if there's any noise disruption. It's quite hot and I do not have AC in my room. So here we go, just so you know. Um, I received a referral during my internship for an adolescent boy, and the request was that he begin therapy in regards to some behavioral concerns that he was experiencing. So there was a lot of acting out, bullying others, and being bullied, and he was becoming verbally and physically aggressive with his siblings, with adults that he lived with. In terms of aggression, I never encountered that with him in our sessions together. And it wasn't until we built a lot of rapport that he even started opening up about his reactions to different situations and how he does feel he could be reacting better. Um, He was from a blended family. Uh, Both of his mother and father were separated. His father remarried and had another child. And his mother was in treatment um, of her own. And she was also involved in ACS, which is the New York City version of Child Protective Services. So in beginning therapy with um, this child, who for the rest of our podcast today, I'll call him Dylan, I used child-directed play therapy to build rapport with him. He was an older child in like that um, tween stage, right? And he was almost a teenager, so... I knew it would take time for him to feel comfortable with me and in building rapport with minors, with any kids and teens, I always usually start off with play therapy, even as old as 16 or 17 years old. Um, Weeks and weeks went by and we formed this routine of him coming into my office, picking out a game, and during that game he would nonchalantly provide me little tidbits and fragments of information about himself, about his day, and about his life. The sessions gradually, and I mean gradually, shifted to less and less play therapy and more talk therapy centered. Um, So as we began to build that rapport and he began to build that comfort and trust with me, it was definitely that relationship where you know the rapport is being built and the play therapy decreases because he feels more comfortable just having a conversation now our rapport and a relationship had a solid foundation and dylan reached a place of feeling comfortable and talking to me about very painful experiences and trauma 
completely initiated by him. Completely initiated by him. I rarely ever directed a conversation or sessions about his family relationships and his trauma unless he brought it up first. You know, obviously we have those like basic um, open-ended questions like, how's everything going? How was this week? You know, assessing his mood, assessing, you know, how is school going? Different things like that. Some, some lighter, some lighter topics. And he was always the one to kind of be like, well, this happened today or... Uh, um, and it even got to a point where one session he came in and he didn't even pick out a game. He just sat in the chair and started talking. And it really, to me, spoke to the importance and the effectiveness of child-directed play therapy in building rapport with older children and in allowing them to feel independent and comfortable and really giving them control. You know, children rarely, if ever, have control over what they're experiencing, over everything going on in their life. And it's so important to, I think, in sessions when children lack control, to give them control, to give them some level of independence that they don't really have otherwise. You know, they're in school all day where they're being told to do this and do that, and there's rules and there's structure. And rules and structure are fantastic for kids, but I also think in this particular situation where there's trauma and some family conflict going on, it was really important that he felt heard and that he felt... He was in charge of something. He was in charge of something in his life. Um, I gave him the control. And with time, he trusted me and confided in me for really difficult topics. I was excited for where therapy would go with him. And after a few months of developing rapport and doing play therapy, I had been very patient and the results were great. Uh, to finally have him talk about what he was in therapy for was very refreshing and encouraging. And I understand I am in this position of, you know, being an outpatient mental health where we really provide longer term care. So I, you know, I, in that way, I can really meet my clients and the children, especially where they're at in terms of talking about what they want to talk about. You know, I don't really have limited sessions with them like, okay, well, in the specific program, they come in for 12 sessions and then they're done. You know, we really have quite an extensive period of time together, which really allows me to work, truly work with them where they're at and allow them to build up that comfort at their own pace. So that is a benefit of working in outpatient mental health in this particular setting in a mental health clinic. Um, and, And I do think it was a very important part to our relationship. I was very hopeful for his therapy journey and I had a really good feeling that continued treatment would see really valuable and effective results for him. Dylan also had a sibling that attended therapy, um, obviously with a different therapist, and completely out of the blue one day the therapist called me and told me that Dylan's mom had called her and decided to terminate therapy for Dylan's sibling. And so, you know, the mom had never contacted me. And Dylan and his sibling would be coming to the clinic that day for a session. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm not going to be too concerned about it. Um, Dylan's sibling was very different from him. And so I thought, you know, maybe it was some personal things going on. The mom never contacted me and called me. And then I had actually another session to get to. So I wasn't able to contact her. Um, 
and then Dylan arrives to the clinic and we have our session and he said oh by the way you know my mom wants to talk to you later and I'm just like oh that's okay that's sounds good to me and so I waited until probably we had 15 minutes left so we used the first half an hour to kind of talk about how he was doing because he also wanted to talk about some stressful things that were going on for him and then I used usually when I do include families in the session um if it's to like review or touch base with them I leave it until the end and so we had about 15 minutes at the end where Dylan went and got his mom and we talked and she had just left talking to his siblings therapist and she comes over to my office and she says I just want to let you know that we'll be discharging Dylan from therapy today he's gonna start seeing someone else that is a little bit closer to home for us um because of just travel purposes in new york city you know taking the subway can take a very long time to go (laughs) literally for me to drive like six miles to work takes 40 minutes so it was understandable her reason um we also provided metro cards and different financial resources if that was a concern And in an ideal situation, I would have had that conversation with her. Um, Another more background information on Dylan is that he had seen many different therapists before me and he was kind of constantly in and out of treatment. And so the fact that he was able to be with me for a few months was miraculous. We were able to build a bond and really start finally doing some good therapeutic work. And right when things are getting really good, he's pulled out of treatment (laughs) and so it was frustrating for me um thinking about it afterwards just because we did have a great therapeutic bond and he really enjoyed coming to sessions with me and I really enjoyed our sessions together because he was just such a good kid and to have his mom kind of come in and be like we're done today was so abrupt you know typically in in termination we're taught in social work school at least what I was taught was particularly in social work and mental health you want to give if you are leaving and resigning from the job as the therapist you want to give about a month's notice so that way a good transition period can be set up for clients and it can really um you know you can let the client know what's coming you can include the new therapist in sessions and then eventually just transition them completely over to the new therapist if they're leaving treatment that's a conversation you really want to be able to have um, a little bit in advance to really gauge um, are you ready to be discharged what are your concerns Um, why would you like to be discharged Um, and really talk about treatment and progress and ability to cope after being discharged if you are not seeing another provider in this situation what was difficult was the mom had already spoken to dylan's siblings therapist and that therapist had basically no questions at all and was just like okay sounds good and did not really explore the reasoning didn't try to advocate or anything and my concern was that these these kids would just continually just continue to be in and out of treatment and not really see the care that they need and so essentially what I wanted to do was 
had Dylan's mom not seen the other therapist and had she seen me first, I would have tried to navigate that situation in terms of advocating for him and ensuring that even if he wasn't able to stay with me, he was going to be in a place where it would be longer term, consistent, solid care, where he wouldn't have to, you know, be concerned about forming a relationship with someone and then having that relationship broken with another trusted therapist for the 10th time. I was unable to have that conversation because Dylan's mom spoke with his siblings therapist first and she very easily said, yep, no problem. Sign this paper. We're good to go. So she came into my office and was just very point blank. Um, And I think the, the worst part about this conversation was Dylan's face because he was not told that this would be happening. He sat with me in my office and his mom just dropped this bomb and it was heartbreaking. When I say it was heartbreaking to see a child's face just be completely shocked and sad, it was devastating especially all the work and all the time and patience in forming our relationship to get to this place of out of the blue one day being like we're done it was very difficult for the both of us honestly for both dylan and i um it was also then hard because then dylan got a phone call from his dad who i said earlier does not live with him and so he left the room to talk to his dad on the phone And then by the time he was done, basically on the phone, I wanted to be able to have a few minutes with him to talk, um, to process it, and then try to have some sort of wrap-up to treatment with me. Um, His mom kind of walked him out the door and said, okay, thank you. And they left, and that was that. There are many things in this particular experience that could have gone a lot better. I think when I first met Dylan, I should have set some ground rules in terms of termination. Obviously, I did not know that this would happen. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And I think as a social worker, we kind of we always want to evaluate our practice on a continuous basis. And so experiences like this even though it was not ideal, it has helped me learn and grow and ensure that I have those conversations with my future clients in terms of what termination would look like. And really just giving them a heads up like, hey, if you ever do want to leave treatment or you want to be transferred to someone else, please talk to me about it. I'd love to have that conversation with you. Um, because it's important for your care and make them feel like they are absolutely welcome to change therapists if they want if that's what they feel they need if they're not comfortable with you if they would I don't know prefer someone else like a man or um, a person of color that's okay I just want to be able to have that conversation first especially if you want to leave treatment for a reason such as distance from the home because we Um, And if it was like a financial concern for a Metro card, we provided those. So that was a concern that could have been resolved. Um, So it was difficult. It was very difficult. I really felt like we had done a lot of work and we're really starting to do some really great work. And then it was kind of just vanished. (laughs) So my heart hurt and... I, 
I didn't get the closure I needed, if I'm being honest. As a therapist, we're human beings, right? We make these connections with people, and I particularly love working with children, and it was it was difficult for me to have that relationship that I was so patient and <laughs> waited a long time to achieve that trust and rapport with him to just have it gone for a difficult reason. Um, so definitely when you're with clients in the future, learn from my mistake, right? Have that conversation with them at the intake session. You know, that you are there to work with them and if they have concerns or maybe they feel they're doing okay and they want to be discharged from treatment, always have that conversation and give time for that conversation to happen. You know, uh, if, if you're thinking about it, if you're starting to think about it, um, talk to your therapist about it, right? Talk to me about it and we can explore what that looks like. We can potentially set up a time frame and ease the termination because we're also taught in social work school to make it gradual right a gradual transition if the therapist is not resigning but the client is just being discharged from treatment if you're seeing a client for 45 minute sessions once a week every single week and they'd like to be discharged from treatment talk about making the sessions less so maybe instead of weekly sessions they do bi-weekly sessions with you for now and then after a couple of months or whenever they feel comfortable you just check in with them once a month and then finally after that they are officially discharged from treatment ideally you want to transition them out so that way it's a comfortable transition and during that time of adjusting they still have that support from you but at lesser levels so they're able to adjust with that change, right? And then ultimately they are on their own. And then also giving them that information and referral resources in the situation that something occurs and they'd like to come back to treatment or go to another place for treatment, they also have that information. In this situation, it was hard. Um, I think if I had had the time and opportunity I should have and could have called Dylan's mom when the other therapist told me that Dylan's sibling would be discharged from treatment. Unfortunately, because of my schedule, I was not able to call her um, and have that conversation with her beforehand. I think in future sessions, if I have that little inkling that his sibling's being discharged from treatment, and then Dylan tells me at the beginning of the session that his mom wants to talk to me, I probably could have put two and two together and had her come in at the beginning of the session. So that way, um, the rest of the session could have been us talking about um, and having that wrap up to treatment and to our therapeutic journey. So in that situation, I definitely could have done better. I think part of me, if I'm being real, looking back now, I didn't want to believe that his mom would discharge him for treatment. (laughs) I definitely think a part of me was like, oh no, there's no way. Like, there's no way. And so even though I had kind of that inkling, I didn't follow it because I didn't want to believe it. So that was my fault. I got in my own way. Um, And from that, I learn and grow (laughs) as a social worker as a therapist um, and as an educator we are supposed to collaborate with our clients and just ensure that they have a good idea of what treatment looks like and what treatment entails because not only do they have expectations for us and having that conversation on what they expect from us as a therapist is important but also letting them know what you expect from them as a client 
right so you know i if if you could give me you know at least 24 hours notice that you're not able to make it to your session that'd be great (laughs) you know um if you could give me enough notice that maybe you're thinking about wanting to be discharged from treatment that would be fabulous you know and also just i think really what it boils down to is communicating right just having an open line of communication um, it is hard in this particular instance. I am at a nonprofit, an outpatient mental health clinic, and so I have a lot of clients, and it's quite, you know, it can be very stressful, and I'm very busy. And so that time that is given to you in like private practice because you really have a limit and can set your schedule because the pay is higher, um, I don't have. So I didn't really have that time and opportunity to reach out to his mom and really get a head start on what that process would look like. I think at the end of the day, obviously, I wanted this case to turn out better. We had a really great rapport and a good relationship. And in terms of trajectory, I really think, you know, Dylan had a fantastic life ahead of him in terms of treatment and mental health and being able to navigate those different things that he was feeling. And even though I was very sad and upset for him that he was discharged abruptly from treatment, I am very happy that I was able to be a positive part of his journey um, in mental health and in navigating the different stressors of being a child, being a preteen, and into his teenage years. Um, So I'm hoping maybe he took something away from you know, our time together, whether he did or not, it doesn't matter. Um, as far as I know, I did our, my job well and my uh, time with him in mental health treatment, with the exception of, you know, improvements for termination with future clients. So um, this is just a shorter podcast today. I just wanted to give you all a little narrative of a time when termination with a client could have been a lot better Uh, please let me know i know we've all had experiences like this you know it's important to social workers to always keep an open mind and know that we are not immune to mistakes and to growth it's good to grow it's good to take things away so feel free to you know share your stories below um, wherever you're listening to thank you all so much for listening to today's podcast on terminating with a client and how it could have gone better for me in this particular experience. If you relate to anything we talked about or want to share your experience, feel free to share it in the comments wherever you're listening. Also check out my Etsy, my Teespring, my Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube. Links will be provided. If you'd like to donate to the Thought Bubble, you can go to my PayPal account, which is in the description box. Uh, Once again, thank you all so much for listening. I look forward to growing with all of you as social workers and therapists and continuing to work in the absolute best field in the world. See you next time.